The New York Rangers win their sixth straight game, defeating the Vancouver Canucks by a final score of 6-4. Artemi Panarin stays scorching hot with two more goals and another assist. All this and much more on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 772 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And as I just mentioned, it was a night where the stars were really out for the New York Rangers. They helped the Rangers once again claim their sixth consecutive win. You got Panarin with two goals and an assist. He now has, you know, just a minimal six goals and two assists in the last two games combined. Uh, Mika... Uh, put up the same stat sheet as Artemi Panarin, at least in terms of points. He also had two goals and an assist in this game. Uh, Chris Kreider with a goal, Vladimir Tarasenko with an assist. So once again, the stars out for the New York Rangers. I want to start today's episode by talking about what was obviously a big night for Artemi Panarin. And we got to go back to midway through uh, the most recent game before this one when Panarin was moved off of the top line with Vladimir Tarasenko and Mika Zibanejad. And since that happened, like I said, six goals and two assists combined for Artemi Panarin. And I was going to say that, hey, you know, Panarin, he's got six goals and two assists in his last two games combined. But it's honestly even more impressive than that because the first of all those points occurred late in the second period of the last game, the game before this one. So really, Panarin has six goals and two assists in the last four periods, plus about three minutes of, you know, one extra period there. So he's just been on fire and uh, taking his game to a whole new level. I mean, we've seen Panarin get to this level before, but uh, it truly is amazing and just a reminder of just how phenomenal of a hockey player he really is. That's the best way I can put it. Uh, When this guy's at his best, he's easily a top five player in this league, and uh, I think that's what we're seeing from him right now. You know, we got to give some props to Gerard Gallant for making this adjustment. He was obviously, uh, Panarin was with Mika and Tarasenko in the immediate aftermath of the Tarasenko trade. That lasted only a game and a half. Panarin, a little sloppy with the puck in the game before this one. Um, And so Gallant made an adjustment. Kreider back up to the top line. Uh, Panarin drops down to the second line with Trocek and with VZ. So... There's times where Gallant does things, he makes adjustments, and I'm not so sure about it. I kind of scratched my head a little bit. And actually, this was one of them because, you know, they go at the super stack top line of Panarin and Mika and Tarasenko. And that's obviously how they started the game, but it's not how, or that's how they started the first game that they were together. But that combination only lasted for a game and a half before the adjustment was made. And this is, again, a, a move that kind of made me scratch my head at least a little bit. Um, but hey, it worked. You know, Panarin drops down and he just goes off. I don't know if maybe that lit a fire under Panarin or maybe it's just a coincidence. Maybe he was about to go on that kind of a tear anyway. But regardless, uh, just a fantastic performance over this last, you know, game and a half here, slightly less than a game and a half from Artemi Panarin, just producing points in an absolutely ridiculous clip. And I wanted to start, you know, I mean, we're already talking about Panarin here, obviously, but to kind of go through this game and just kind of highlight how good he was, just want to start with the two goals that he scored and then a couple of other things that he did in this game as well. For starters, uh, his first goal of the game gave the Rangers a 2-1 to lead, and they would not trail again after that happened. Uh, the Rangers are in transition. You got Vincent Trojek up the boards on the right side. He leaves it for Jimmy Vesey, and Vesey moves to the net. 
He passes to the other side of the net to Artemi Panarin, who does not miss. He shoots and scores. I mean, Panarin's on fire right now. We've uh, well established that. And uh, he scores, takes advantage of the opportunity here. Great pass by VZ and a great job by this line setting this whole thing up. And like I said, that put the Rangers not on top for good, but uh, they were up 2-1 and they would not trail after that. They were on top for good after uh, the next goal that was scored by Artemi Panarin. That made the score 3-2 also in the first period. Uh, Trocek made some really nice moves on a rush into the zone toward the net, but got denied. The Rangers had some really good rushes uh, in this game. But you had VZ uh, passing from the boards to Braden Schneider. Schneider passes along the blue line to Mikola. Uh, Mikola's shot is deflected by Panarin. Uh, Mikola with his first point as a New York Ranger here. He gets the primary assist. They actually announced it as a goal for Mikola, but it was not. Uh, Panarin got a piece of it, deflected it into the net. And uh, at that point, the Rangers were indeed on top to stay. And Quick aside on McCullough here before I keep talking about Panarin. He's obviously, you know, quote-unquote, the other player in the Vincent, or yeah, Vincent Trocek trade, the Vladimir Tarasenko trade. And, you know, mixed results so far. One thing that I like is that I, it feels like he's starting to figure it out with Braden Schneider a little bit. The two of them, I thought, had a little bit of a rocky first outing, but they look a little bit more comfortable together in both of these last two games. And, you know, he has taken some penalties. Uh, he took one in this game for holding, and you could kind of see it uh, coming because he grabbed his opponent and wouldn't let go in the corner. So uh, they called it. So he now has four penalties in his three games with the Rangers. Of course, three of them were in his debut. One of them was kind of ticky-tack in that game. The other one uh, was a delay of game penalty that should not have been called because it deflected off the stick of his opponent. Um, but so far, so good for Mikola. I mean, I don't think we're expecting otherworldly play and Adam Fox level of contributions here, but uh, he's done his job so far and, um, you know, been a, a welcome addition to this team. I'm curious to see if uh, Ben Harper ends up getting another chance at some point or if Mikola is the clear-cut number six defenseman and Harper's only going to get back in there if there's an injury. Very curious to see how that all plays out. Obviously, they've gone with Mikola uh, the first uh, handful of games here, the first three games since uh, he and Tarasenko were acquired by the New York Rangers. Uh, to keep talking about Panarin, though, uh, he got a pass in deep from Vincent Trocek and just barely missed the hat trick here. It was a short backhand pass from Trocek, and I thought it hit the post initially. might have just glanced off the post, but it caught the side of the net more than anything. But regardless, Panarin coming very, very close to a hat trick there. Uh, Panarin even had a pretty good hit on Tyler Myers in the second period. Uh, there was an, also an instance where Panarin had a chance to complete the hat trick on a power play. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko had drawn the penalty. He was skating hard, forced the Canucks to take a penalty. And then you've got uh, Panarin receiving a long pass from Mika Zibanejad. And like I said, he almost scored on the breakaway and uh, just couldn't quite bury it. But uh, good stuff all around. And there was also one play where uh, this was in the third period. Uh, Panarin is in on the four check. The Canucks goalie is like in the corner trying to play the puck. And uh, Panarin went in there, hustled in there took it away from him. Uh, the Canucks recovered quickly and did not allow a scoring opportunity. But just another example of uh, Panarin basically just playing with his head on fire uh, throughout this entire game and throughout the last game as well. We're going to keep everything rolling on Locked On New York Rangers here in just a second. But first, just got to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets 
when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so something else that I definitely want to talk about a little bit here today is the uh, relative struggles of Igor Shosturkin. And when I say relative struggles, that's for a reason, because you know Igor Shosturkin last year was just a season for the ages and uh, just set the bar pretty much impossibly high for himself. Um, it is still a little bit jarring when you see Igor go through a little bit of a slump, as I suppose he's doing right now, because he has given up uh, three or more goals in four consecutive games, uh, exactly three goals in three of those games, and then the one game, uh, this most recent game, gave up four goals. So again, when you say that Igor's in a slump, it's relatively speaking, and it's comparing it to the standard that he usually lives up to uh, for all of us. I'm going to talk about that in just a second, but I just wanted to uh, apologize to everybody, first of all, because I missed an episode yesterday on Wednesday, uh, long story story short, I was just under the weather and it just wasn't going to happen. There's no way I was going to do an episode yesterday. So uh, doing one here today, recapping uh, the Rangers Canucks game. We're going to have in tomorrow's episode, Friday's episode, a uh, special trade deadline centric episode where I take a look at three players that the Rangers could still trade for. Uh, they are all kind of of the bottom six ilk because I think that's what the Rangers are going to be looking for. And uh, initially that was going to be yesterday's episode, Wednesday's episode, but uh, we'll adjust here on the fly. And uh, if I'm feeling up to it, I can even do a, uh, a fifth episode for the week for you guys on Saturday. So looking forward to that as well. We'll still get our five episodes. Uh, but yeah, Igor Shosturkin. And again, just thank you everybody for, for being patient and understanding. Uh, Igor Shosturkin though. So as I mentioned, giving up three or more goals in four consecutive games. I'm certainly not going to panic. You know, Igor, despite these recent troubles, if you can even call them that, he has a record of 24, 8, and 7 with a 252 goals against average and a 915 save percentage. Those are numbers that a lot of goalies would sign up for in about two seconds. And it's funny because you go on social media and you see people talk about how uh, Halak has been better than Igor Shosturkin recently. And yes, he has, but I don't expect that to last for too long. Sooner or later, uh, whatever mini funk that Igor's in, he's going to snap out of it. Uh, we saw this a little bit earlier this season where Igor went through, you know, a little bit of a downswing pretty much when the whole team was playing playing bad, um, and then, you know, obviously has come out of it, and, you know, again, just a little bit of a mini slump here, um, but yeah, as far as, you know, him and Halak, I mean, I say this as a huge fan of uh, Yaroslav Halak, and someone who proudly never jumped on the Halak is terrible bandwagon, because I just thought that a lot of his stat lines early in the season were misleading, but again, common sense tells you that eventually Igor is going to be back to uh, the Igor that we all expect him to be, and I would imagine that'll happen sooner rather than later. Uh, something that's really good about what's happening right now, though, is that the Rangers continue to win despite his, you know, again, relative struggles, and that's what good teams do. You know, they, they pick each other up. When one line catches fire. Uh, you know, they, they pick up a line that's maybe slumping a little bit. Same thing with, uh, you know, goaltending play. Obviously, the kid line was hot for a little while, and I, I thought they played pretty well in this game against the Canucks, but uh, all three members were held off the score sheet, and, you know, the star players for the Rangers, they're out in full force. You get Mika contributing. You got Panarin contributing. Uh, you know, Kreider scored a goal. Tarasenko with an assist. The the big-time uh, names, you know, Fox had an assist. Ke'Andre Miller scored a goal. The guys you uh, really expect to contribute. So that was obviously great to see. Um, the To kind of go through his numbers, Night, though, you know, Igor Shosturkin, and, and why I think this is a little bit of a subpar outing for him, despite the fact uh, that he ends up with the win. 
Gave up kind of a soft power play goal against JT Miller, but I can't really go crazy about it because Igor did not have his stick on the play. You know, when I saw the goal go in live, I didn't even realize that Igor didn't have his his stick. And, you know, obviously Miller was shooting from a pretty tough angle. You know, he was over there kind of in the corner, got it through Igor, kind of got it through the wickets there. And obviously I think if Igor has his stick there, he probably uh, makes the save. So we'll give him a little bit of a pass for that one. The one to me that was really surprising in this game was the final goal that was scored by the Canucks, and that was scored by Kuzmenko. Uh, This was in the third period. You had Pedersen uh, leaving a drop pass for Kuzmenko. Uh, Kuzmenko from pretty far out takes a shot and just scores. You know, it went right under the left arm of Igor Shesterkin. And that's the kind of save that you just expect him to come up with. I mean, really, pretty much expect just about any NHL goalie uh, to make that one. But it just kind of got through him and uh, a little bit of a soft goal there. But uh, Igor definitely made some important saves, especially down the stretch in this game. So even on a night where he's not at his absolute best, he still is able to help the Rangers, you know, hang on for a win here because the Rangers weren't brilliant in this game. It's great to see so many players stuffing the score sheet and all that good stuff. And, you know, Tarasenko has fit right in. Um, But there were some instances of some sloppy play here by the New York Rangers in this game. Uh, Just one of those games where you kind of wish that they could put away an inferior opponent. On one hand, you got to give some credit to the Canucks for continuing to rally back. On the other, yeah, I mean, the Rangers, it'd be nice to see them uh, win this game going away. You know, they just beat uh, the Canes and the Kraken by comfortable margins. The Canes one is a little bit misleading because they scored a lot of goals really late in that game. But still, I mean, the the margin of victory was a lot bigger in those two games than than it was in this one. Um, But one of the saves that I'm talking about, one of the good saves by Igor Shosturkin in this game, uh, it actually led directly to a New York Ranger goal. And I guess in some ways you could actually say that uh, it's an example of a two-goal swing because Igor made just a brilliant point-blank save. Uh, You know, the shooter was right there. You know, not quite in the crease. He was a little bit off to the side, you know, the left side of the net, but uh, it was a situation where the puck came to him and he pretty much just wound back and blasted a slap shot from point blank range. Igor turns it aside. Uh, The Canucks momentarily kept possession of the puck, but then you've got Tarasenko blocking a shot and then it goes the other way. Just a beautiful goal by the Rangers here. Perfect passing. Uh, Chris Kreider carries the puck past the red line. Passes over and ahead to his right to Tarasenko. Tarasenko goes over the blue line. Tarasenko with a long pass to his left to Mika Zibanejad. And then Mika in deep to Chris Kreider, uh, who is crashing the net for the tipping goal. Great to see uh, Kreider score on a redirection there. Uh, you know, he's done it a good amount this season, just not quite as much as last year. And there have been a couple instances where I think Kreider would be the first one to tell you that, uh, you know, I, I should have scored on that one, that tip-in try there. Um, but it's good to see him convert here. And Kreider, now with 251 goals for the Rangers, now alone in seventh place all-time in most goals as a member of the New York Ranger. He broke a tie with, I don't know, some guy named Mark Messier. He used to be the Ranger captain, led them to the Stanley Cup. You've probably heard of him. So obviously great stuff there uh, from Chris Kreider and just a, a beautiful goal. And Igor Shosturkin putting this whole thing in motion with a nice point-blank save on a slap shot. It goes the other way. And, you know, if Igor lets that in, obviously it goes to 3-3 three to three at that point. Instead, uh, like I said, two-goal swing. The Rangers go the other way, and they score, and they go up 4-2. to two. So uh, good stuff there by Igor. And then I thought he was also clutch kind of near the end of this game. He had less than three minutes remaining. Uh, the Canucks take a slap shot, and Igor had to extend upward to make a really nice glove save. Uh, you've got an offensive zone faceoff on the way after that, and the Canucks pull their goalie with about 2.54 remaining, which feels a little early when you're only trailing by one goal, but that's what they did. And the Rangers, um, even though... They didn't defend brilliantly in this game. I think we can all agree with that. Uh, they defended very well down the stretch here. And, um, you know, they didn't really, the, the Canucks, that is, didn't really have any quality scoring chances in these last few minutes here. Uh, you had Jimmy Vesey shooting wide from the red line. You know, he just missed the empty net. 
And then uh, the puck goes to Igor Shesterkin, and there's no one really near him, so he starts to shoot the puck out of the zone, you know, probably aiming for the empty net. It hits a uh, Canucks player, goes into the neutral zone. Uh, then you've got Artemi Panarin. He's got a shot at the empty net from the neutral zone, the uh, the Canucks side of it. So if he misses, it's not going to be icing. And uh, what actually happened, the shot from Panarin was probably going to go in, got blocked by our old friend. And actually, uh, briefly, Panarin's line mate, that would be Phil DiGiuseppe, uh, went to Mika Zibanejad on the other side of the net, and he scores with a minute and 34 seconds remaining to put the Rangers up 6-4 to four and uh, have them, you know, well on their way to a victory there. So, uh, yeah, good stuff all around. And like I said, Igor Shosturkin was not great in this game, but he made some clutch spots and some big uh, moments in this game. So uh, I got to give him at least some props for that. And look, Igor's going to figure it out. There's going to be a game not too long from now. You, you guys know how this goes. And as I just mentioned a second ago, the Rangers are a team. These guys pick each other up, right? So there's going to be a game not too long from now where the Rangers get out shot, I don't know, like 40 to 23, and they win the game 2-1, to one, and they do so largely because of Igor Shesterkin. You know, that will happen again this season. Obviously, this wasn't that kind of game, but uh, Igor, the backbone of this team, and, you know, I'm not going to lose confidence in him just because of, a, you know, a couple not quite amazing performances, you know, but the Rangers keep winning, and that's the good news there. Uh, we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second, talk about a couple other highlights from this game, and, uh, yeah, a couple of the other Ranger goals, some other fun stuff as well, and like I said, we will do that in just a second. All right, so I want to go ahead and actually give some props to the uh, New York Ranger captain because there's times where it feels like, you know, when things are going bad, you know, it's all Truba's fault, and when things are going good, he's not usually the first Ranger that people point to as, as the reason why, but uh, he's played a lot better recently. I think at this point it's become pretty obvious that, you know, those quote-unquote lingering injuries, whatever they were that he was dealing with at the start of the season, they were uh, pretty obviously affecting his play because he's been a completely different player since then. Um, in this game... He was credited with two hits, and uh, if that's the case, if he truly only had two hits, then I definitely remember both of them. He made both of them count. They are both uh, pretty good hits, and I'm pretty sure on both instances, uh, he knocked his guy to the ice. On the other one, he might have just staggered him, but he certainly knocked him off balance. Um, but he also blocked three shots. Uh, he was a plus two on the night, 1932 in time on the ice which was fourth among New York Ranger defensemen behind Fox, Lindgren, and Miller. It's pretty close with Miller. Miller only had uh, 11 extra seconds than Truba did. Uh, Truba also out there for a minute and 37 seconds on the penalty kill. And, you know, Truba, I mean, again, I, I get the frustration that Ranger fans have with him sometimes. I think the fact that, you know, he has that big contract. I, I think he can start there, you know, $8 million a year. Fans rightfully have high expectations for Truba or anybody who's making that amount of money. And when they're not seeing a return on their team's investment, they tend to, you know, get a little mad about it. Um, but, you know, bottom line, Truba, he's out there every game. He plays hard every game. He hits everything that moves, uh, does, does it cleanly, you know, and then he has to face the music every time he lays out a player and, and fight whichever player on the other team inevitably attacks him. Uh, but be that as it may, you know, he just keeps going strong. Uh, it's funny because, um, you know, Truba earlier this season, I was on him a little bit. And once again, I, I think that at this point we can chalk up uh, his, his really bad play to the lingering injuries. And, you know, looking back at that, I kind of wish that the Rangers would have sat him out for a couple of games. I don't know if that would have helped because, you know, with the hockey injury report, you don't really get a whole lot of information. Um, Gallant at that one point said that Truba wouldn't let me take him out. Sometimes I think as a coach, you got to save these guys from themselves a little bit because uh, that's just who Truba is. You know, he's a warrior, and if he can stand and he can skate, he's pro probably going to be out there uh, far more likely than not. But, you know, as far as some of the intangibles and what he's brought to the table as the captain, he's always very accountable with the media after the game. You know, some players, and I understand why they do this, but some players a lot of times will go with, you know, kind of the uh, 
the standard answers, you know, kind of the boring answers, because, I mean, there's no, you don't really gain anything from being completely honest and being completely open with the media, so I get why some players, you know, go down that road, um, but, you know, Truba is always very accountable. There was that quote that everybody jumped on earlier this season where, uh, you know, the Rangers were really struggling, and he said before he answered the question, he says, I got to be careful with what I say, and, you know, a lot of people have thought that, like, oh, he was about to bury one of his teammates, or it's this guy's fault, or it's that guy's fault. I don't think that at all. I think Truba was just trying to toe that line where he was calling out his team, but just not overdo it. That's To me, that's all that was. And like I said, it is nice to see him, you know, being open as the captain and, uh, you know, always facing the music after the game, uh, win-lose or overtime loss. I was going to say win-lose or draw, but there aren't any draws anymore. Um, and, you know, of course, Truba also led that players-only meeting earlier this season when the Rangers were really scuffling, and when that did not snap the Rangers out of it, uh, he got into a fight against the Blackhawks. They were getting killed in that game. I think it was 5-2 to two when this happened, and, you know, he's leaving the ice, yells at the bench, fires his helmet against the boards. I know that kind of split the Ranger fan base as well, but the Rangers have not looked back since then. That really seemed to snap the Rangers out of whatever was ailing them, and, you know, to me, I was in favor of it because at that point, and I've talked about this in the past, but at that point, you know, you've done pretty much everything else you could do. You had the players only meeting. You had Gallant, you know, calling out his team once or twice during his postgame uh, media sessions. And you also had Truba, you know, again, and some other players as well, but Truba and some other players talking with reporters after the game and, you know, saying, okay, we got to step it up. We got to be better than that. It is somewhat concerning right now. I think it was Trocek who might have used the word concerning. But bottom line, uh, however much you believe it's a coincidence and however much you believe that that helmet throw, you know, snapped them out of it and got them going, that's up to you. But uh, to me, the proof is in the pudding. And that's the team that the Rangers were before that and the team that the Rangers have been since then. And, you know, while we're talking about everything that Truba did in this game, he almost had an assist. Uh, to me, this is kind of an unofficial assist here, but he did a great job on the goal that was scored by Keandre Miller. He was in deep uh, along the corner on the right side and starts moving back up the boards and, you know, out of the corner and away from a defender, uh, starts to cut toward the net a little bit, and then he had the puck knocked away from him, but it went right to Keandre Miller. Miller's got his momentum carrying him toward the net, and uh, he lets it fly, and he scores, and that was a big goal there for the New York Rangers, and, you know, again, Truba not going to be credited with a uh, an assist here because it got knocked away from him, but be that as it may, he kind of made this thing happen with some good uh, blue-collar work along the boards there, just keeping the play alive. And yeah, the puck got knocked away from him. He kind of ran out of space to maneuver there, but he was trying to drive to the net. That might have, you know, pulled a couple of Canucks out of position as well because, oh, wow, this guy's going to the net. I got to get over there. And uh, Miller was all by himself. Like I said, when the puck went to Miller, uh, you felt pretty good that he might score here because all of his momentum was coming toward the net and he can score on plays like this, can Keandre Miller. So, uh, yeah, I really wish uh, Truba would have gotten some credit for the assist there. He would have been officially credited with the assist. But, you know, he also strikes me as somebody who doesn't really care that much about things like that. He, he's somebody that just wants to win games, doesn't really care how they do it. And I think that uh, that's something that is true of really this entire Ranger team. You know, I, I don't think there's a lot of ego in that room. And if Truba, you know, takes that kind of mindset toward all these games that, you know, stats don't matter. I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to work hard and do everything I can, dish out these big hits. And uh, at the end of the day, all that matters is whether we win or lose. Uh, when you get that from your captain, everybody else follows suit. And, you know, I, I don't know that if Truba wasn't captain that the Rangers wouldn't do that anyway because, again, I do think it's a very close-knit, uh, high-character locker room that they have in there. One of the most likable Ranger teams that I can ever remember as a fan of, you know, this team. And one of the biggest reasons being what I just said. There's no ego. It's about winning and losing. And I think Truba as the captain has done a great job of, you know, I, I don't know what the word for it is, maybe like reinforcing that or, or setting that example. But bottom line, uh, Truba 
as the captain has done a really nice job for the Rangers this season, he obviously went through that horrible slump early in the season where he just looked lost out there, looked like he couldn't move. But once again, I think he can chalk that up to the injuries. And uh, it's really nice to see him playing the way he's capable of playing and, you know, his his physical brand of hockey and, you know, chipping in offensively once in a while, doing a little bit of everything to help this New York Ranger team win. And, you know, half a season or a little bit more than half a season into his tenure as uh, the Ranger captain. So far, I'd say he's passed with flying colors when you consider pretty much everything that I just said there. Uh, to kind of wrap up today, we'll take a quick look ahead at the Rangers' schedule. They've got a back-to-back on Friday and Saturday. This is part of a stretch where they play four games in six days. Friday, they are at Edmonton uh, at 9 p.m. They are then at Calgary on Sunday at 10 p.m. And some good news for Ranger fans on the East Coast here, what I would imagine is probably good news for most of you, most of us. Uh, those are the final two like really late games that the Rangers are going to play this season. I looked at the schedule, and I'm pretty sure – that there are only uh, two 8 o'clock games remaining, and everything else will start earlier than 8 o'clock. So, you know, it's a little rough staying up for these late night games, but uh, we'll do what we got to do. We're all Ranger fans, and we're all dedicated, and uh, that's just the way it goes. You got to play the games that are on your schedule. Um, and then, you know, as, as far as the Rangers' approach to these games, you got to think Igor gets one of these games, Halak gets the other one. And this back-to-back is going to be a really nice test for the Rangers. I'm really looking forward to this. It's the final two games of a four-game road trip for the Rangers. The Rangers, of course, have won the first two of these four games in the road trip. Uh, But both of these teams, and this is part of the reason why I'm really intrigued and very curious and very excited to see these games. Both these teams, the Oilers and the Flames, are basically fighting for their playoff lives. Edmonton has a little bit more cushion than Calgary does. Uh, The Oilers right now have 66 points. That puts them as the first of the two wildcard teams in the Western Conference. Uh, The Flames right now would be the first team out of the playoffs if the season ended right now. Uh, They're actually tied with the Minnesota Wild. Both teams have 61 points. So those two teams are tied for being the first team out of the playoffs. And, of course, we all know what happened the last time the Rangers played the Flames. Just pure insanity. Uh, Rangers tied the game at 4-4. Fairly late on a goal by Mika Zibanejad. Mika then assisted Alexi Lafreniere for the overtime game winner. It was a game-of-the-year candidate. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Ranger fan and I'm Ranger biased and all this other stuff. You know, there were people all over Twitter making that claim that, you know, so far this season, that was the game of the year. Uh, you know, lead changes and uh, fighting and big hits and just... Playoff-like intensity, and the thing I loved about that is, you know, Calgary came in, a desperate team, they played like it, and the Rangers matched it, and uh, eventually actually got the win, so that was awesome, and, you know, as far as, you know, which goalie plays which game for the Rangers, I would imagine they'll each get one, you know, given everything that's happened recently, and given Gallant's, uh, you know, propensity to do that, you know, play one of his two goalies in each game of a back-to-back, I would think maybe you can go with Halak against the Flames, and before that, you go with Igor against the Oilers, just because, you know, Halak beat the Flames in his last game out, and he was in the weeds in that Game of the Year candidate, uh, outdueled Markstrom, and won that game 5-4 in overtime, and that's a game where the final score is a little bit misleading, I think, because, you know, yeah, it's a pretty high-scoring game, but both of those goalies, you know, made a lot of really strong saves throughout that game, so, yeah, like I said, I I can't wait for these two games. I think it's going to be an excellent test for the New York Rangers, and I mean, hey, they've won six in a row, so that's reason enough in and of itself to be excited about the next New York Ranger game, but I figure we could pretty much call it there for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com, and definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.